0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, November 11th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. High school football playoffs in Missouri and Kansas have reached the quarterfinals, and on today's show, Dion Clisso of PrepsKC.com provides the breakdown. Plenty of interesting storylines on both sides of the state line as we discuss Liberty North against Park Hill South, the Smithville-Carney game, Piper versus Meage, Blue Valley West versus Gardner-Edgerton, and many others. After a break, you'll hear what Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes had to say about this week's opponent, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and last week's, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, and he weighs in on Andy Reid being named one of the top five handsomest coaches in the NFL. Okay, let's get started talking high school football with Deion Clisso. Dion, um, we're we're in the quarterfinals of, of the state and, um, and, and good stuff. Coming up this weekend, but I wanted to ask you, but let's go back to last weekend first. Did um what, what did, did the conditions? It was a terrible day Friday, right? Just an awful day. Rained all day, stormed. Did the conditions have any impact on any of the games? I think
1: maybe a here or there. Um the teams that held on to the ball won. Um yeah. I just I talked to a few coaches and and some of the guys that were out there in it. That's <laughs> the beauty of being the boss, you don't have to be out there in it anymore. Uh, but uh and and like Pembroke Hill didn't turn it over at all and beat a team 26-nothing that they had beat they had been beaten by 35 nothing in the regular season. Wow. So I, I, I think that was it right there. If you held on to the ball, I mean Lee Summit North coughed it up five times and still won 20 to 7. But I think that they could they kind of out athleted Lee Summer West there and, and just got through it. But you know, they were those were huge in the Oak Park black County game. Black County completed three passes. For three touchdowns, but fumbled it like four times. So I mean, it's I I think it had any, I don't think it caused anybody who you thought would win not win. I mean, I think the Olathe North Blue Valley result might have shocked some people just because our Blue Valley West wasn't playing real well, right um, down down the stretch. But Blue Valley West was a team I think going in that a lot of us thought was going to be right where they're at and maybe even further on down the line. So it's not it's like they just didn't look they didn't look good all season. It's like when you thought they were getting it together, they'd lose a couple games. So I think those are the games maybe the Olathe Northwest, Olathe South, but Olathe Northwest been playing well. Um, Olathe South had been, you know, not necessarily struggling, but they were kind of coming back to the pack a little bit. Uh, so those are the only ones on the Kansas side that really uh, – but other than that, it's a lot of chalk. It's a lot of chalk out there um, yeah, yeah. In, in both sides of the state line. So
0: You know, you're mentioning Pembroke Hill got me thinking in, in the – you know, in, in having an, a revenge situation. I'm kind of curious about the regular season flip. You know uh, – you know, t- teams that lose or you, you, a different outcome in the playoff than in the regular season. That's pretty extreme for Pembroke Hill to um, to to lose by as much and then to win by as much. Other examples of that going on in the um, you know the,
1: the Park Hill Park Hill South was a one score game one time and a one score game the next time. So that was kind of a a flip there. The same thing with uh, the Olathe uh, Northwest Olathe South. It was a close game the first time and it was a flip the second time. Uh, and then, you know, like this week, Olathe-West and Olathe-Northwest was a three-point game the first time. So it, it ought to be a good one. I, I think that the Pembroke Hill is probably the most shocking because about three weeks into the season, I didn't know if they were going to win a game. Mm. Uh, and their and their schedules got some good teams on it, but it's not the toughest schedule in the world. And like I said, they got beat by St. Michael, 35-0. And then as the season went on late in the, late in the year, uh, Van Horn, who's a pretty solid football team, went to Pembroke Hill and struggled. To get that win, so you could kind of see something going on uh, with Pembroke Hill. They got a Nob Noster team that had six wins in the first round and and hammered them. And I think that's more about just better scheduling, you know, just a better team. Nob Noster that the, they taken the first step is which was beat the teams you should beat. That <laughs> they've been a one one and nine two and eight team for a long time, uh, but no Pembroke Hill's got a holding team this week that they've got a shot to, you know, maybe win a district title and, and you know. I'll I'll be on the record. Sam Kanopic, who's the coach over there, is one of the all-time good dudes <laughs> and a friend. <laughs> I'm happy to see him do well. But uh David Deaner, um Marvin son Sons, the coach at Holden, he's done a fantastic job of that program there in a the district championship game for those two teams. So it's good, it's good for both those programs because one of them is gonna win a district title. Unfortunately, they draw Lamar <laughs> in the next round. So that's probably a good spot where I think it's probably gonna come to an end uh for one of those teams. But that's you're right though. That that turnaround like that, because I I, it was it was twenty six nothing as the night was going on. I had to go back and look at the score. I'm like, didn't they get crushed? By- <laughs> it made it made me go back and look at the score, and I was like, yeah, they did. They got crushed by Saint Michael the first time around. So hats off to Pembroke Hill and and just playing on a tough night. And uh, it it was it the, the, a lot of them got delayed because they thought there was like a lightning band, but right. that kind of slid off to the east. Like Forto Osage started on time. Grain Valley started at eight o'clock and they're not that much difference between those two schools. Um, Liberty North, who's not that further North than Port Osage, you know, they were, they were an hour late, but I think they're, I think a lot of more nervous that, you know, they didn't want to start get lightning, stop, no, get no. lightning. So they, they bumped it back where the lightning kind of slid off, but that didn't stop the rain, <laughs> the rain and <didn't> wind. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. <laughs>
0: OK, another another little topic I wanted to get to before we get into some games is the, the I guess this is only true on the Kansas side just because of the way the, the playoff structure work. But um, brackets that are a little bit deceiving because of miscast teams at the number one or number two seeds um, that we, we especially see that in a little maybe not at the top of of uh, at 6A, but maybe, you know, in five and 4A.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, this year you had Chanute at the one seed and 4A in the East bracket and, and Atchison. And, and you know, really Atchison had as good a season as they had, and, and they kind of hung with St. James for a little while. But Piper, who's a very solid, good football team, went down and beat Chanute in double overtime. Uh, and I, I watched the web stream of that. Oh, interesting guys doing those games. Uh, I, at one point I tweeted out, it was like, you, people need to get on this. I sent out the link. I said, I can't keep the comedy to myself. I have to, (laughs) because they, they didn't know, they didn't know how much time was in a game. They didn't know how the overtime was being played. It was funny, but uh, no, I, I, I tweeted out that, you know, the one and two seeds go down. Maybe we need to think about something different. And of course the the clapback I got on Twitter was all about the private schools. And I'm like, I'm not even talking about private schools. I'm just saying record may not be the way to go. The Missouri point system is I think better not saying it's perfect. And I think that there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that, it has to be perfect before we change anything. You know, we have to come up with the perfect solution. Yeah. I'm like,
0: yeah, try right.
1: some things. You know, try some things and do it differently. And, and I think that's that's where they they need to go. And you know, you're right. Like in six A, it it's showing. It was kind of wide open in that East bracket anyway. And you had some teams get knocked off. I mean, Blue Valley West was in eight seed, and uh, you know they knocked off the one seed. But no, I think. For the most part, you know, like Mill Valley and Desoto are the one and two, and I think they they, they get a good shot. The Blue Light like Southwest has got a shot there, but I, I think in four A it shows up when you've got teams that are playing in totally different conferences, like the private schools that are playing the EKL and the right. other schools that are playing. Now, the Frontier leagues, I think, I think the Frontier league teams would like to have some sort of strength of schedule because that would that would put them in front of the Atchisons and the and the Fort Scotts and teams like that.
0: Okay. Hey, We'll stay in Kansas just for now. Hey, there's some new blood uh, advancing here in 6A. A, I there? love it. Um, and nothing against those
1: guys who've been there every year. You know, there's a lot of good coaches and a lot of good programs, but uh, talk with uh, coach Lauren Clark over at uh, Olathe Northwest. This is his first year there. Seven wins, the most in program history and they've never been to the quarterfinals. Oh, that's fantastic. This is the first time. Uh, Olathe West, they were in the semifinals in 5A their second year, I think. Uh, but this is the deepest they've been in 6A. Uh, and then you got Gardner-Edgerton, who's been, you know, in 6A for a long time, and uh, you know they made a state championship game. against touch when they were in 5A when they had Bubba Starling, but uh, they're they're kind of deep. Blue Valley West has been sniffing around this level for the last few years, and 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 that's why I think coming into this year with the players they had back, a lot of us thought they could they could represent. But really, a great Final Four on that side of the bracket, you know, in the quarterfinals, and it's going to be a fun night. Um,
0: let's let's uh, how about in 5A? What's uh, Kansas 5A? What's what's interesting there? Um, I, you know, I think that the Soto Blue Valley Southwest game,
1: I mean, uh, DeSoto is, is Desoto. Soto. They do what they do. They run that, um, flex bone beer type action and, uh, they're hard to defend. Uh, Blue Valley Southwest has played Aquinas. So at least they've got some film and some feel of, uh, what that's like. And, and they're, they've come out of the EKL and played teams that, uh, not necessarily are like them, but are, are not as hard as the teams that they placed in the EKL and are playing really well. Uh, and, and really are playing, they're playing their best football and, Going into a couple, of, you know, going to the postseason, talking with Coach work He said, really, the biggest thing for the first time that they've been in the last, you know, five or six years, and they've kind of gone into this bracket, they're healthy. He said, a lot of times we're so banged up when we come out of the EKL, we'll win a couple games, but we're still, you know, strapping it together trying to get uh, a team on the field. And he said, but they were really healthy coming into the last week. In fact, they played Aquinas the last week, and he said, you know, we got to halftime and he goes, we yanked our starters we were down and he goes we were down and we knew He's like he goes and Randy yanked his and we you know everybody everybody's positions were locked in and and so we're there like hey we know what we got to do here and um he said yeah they, that's why they were they, he said they were they were pretty healthy coming in a lot of those guys only played half a game that last week and um so yeah he said he said that that might be the difference for Eye Southwest is the experience playing the EKL uh and, and then just being totally healthy um about where they're at right now and but the Soto's good football team they you know They've been there, done that. Uh, this is kind of they're used to playing this week every every year.
0: Uh good quarterfinals and foray, right? With Piper Miage and St. James and Aquinas.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and Piper's playing fantastic. And uh, John Black is their coach, uh, is a Piper alum. Uh, he was telling me back in the 90s he was on staff, he thought he was getting that job in the late 90s. He didn't, so he he went off and had a couple other jobs and uh is now back and and he said it's a perfect right time. And he he really that was a great, fun game. They were down by two score. They were down 14 points with seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter against Chanute. And and and, he, and not only that, they got inside the five and went for it and didn't get it. So that was like, they they had to get two more possessions and two more stops and then went to overtime and scored. Didn't get the two-point conversion. Chanute scores, goes to kick it, that gets blocked. Then oh. Chanute scores and, and kicks it. They score and kick the extra point. Piper scores, and gets the two, and gets out of dodge. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on to the next round, and they're they're a talented team. You know they got Camden Beebe on that team, and uh, their quarterback is really good. And they've got athletes, and and it'll be a tough game for uh, for Meijer. had a tough game with the last week, so you're seeing those brackets kind of come together.
0: Definitely one to, one to keep an eye on. How about um, let's let's switch it over to Missouri real quick. And um, does Park Hill South have a chance? I think they
1: do, because they've got Briggs Bartosh, and he's kind of the the X factor right now. And he's, you know, he's he was a really talented tailback. His, his sophomore year, he played some quarterback. Really talented tailback. Had a was off to a great start last year. Got hurt. Started out playing tailback with him and DJ Jones both in the backfield. And they said, "Why don't we need you to play quarterback?" And that offense started clicking. Um, and they are playing with a ton of confidence. That being said, the Liberty North defense is. I mean, I'd take them in the MIAA – not the MIAA, but I'd take them to the NAI schools against the I – mean, yeah, they've got you know, four, or five, power five guys on that squad. So they've got legit you know, D1 players. So I, I think it's – it was a it was a blowout the first time around. Um, but if you got a player like Bartosh, and when I was talking to Coach Learman, he's like, I've told my kids, you got a kid who may win the Simone coming in, so don't just look at the last score. <laughs> and he goes, and he's playing lights out. And they've got good receivers – um, that they, they've been there before, even though the, with coaching change with Benny Palmer coming over and Alan Wilmus uh, going to Blue Spring South, Coach Palmer stepped right in and uh, kept that going, uh, which was, uh, it was funny because we were talking, Coach Lieberman and I were talking, I said, I said, Benny's done a great job there. I said, but it was a great hire because Benny is a lot like Alan Wilmus in the sense of high energy, you know, the very similar type guys. And so the, the this Park Hill South kids, it wasn't like that big of a change. Yeah, They had a lot of new faces coaching them, but, the energy and the
0: style that they were playing was very similar. So they've, they've kept that program rolling. Uh, of course that's class six. And in class five, you got Fort Osage against Oak Park, Green Valley, Raytown. What, what strikes you there?
1: A rematches from the last week of the season. Uh, and uh, the Fort Osage um, Oak Park game was 35, 30, and that's going to be a tough physical. Both teams want to run the ball. It's going to be about who, who turns the other team over um, who can sustain drives. And, and I think, I, I lean to Fort Osage just because they've got that experience. They've been in this spot before playing for district titles. Uh, I think that they're kind of the lean there, but Oak Park is really good, and and they're young. They're going to be they're gonna be good again next year. Coach Clemens is an experienced guy. Grain Valley, Raytown, uh, Grain Valley handling the first time, but it's tough to beat anybody twice in a row. But Grain Valley is, is playing the best football of anybody, I think, in Class 5 over the last month and a half. Uh, they mm-hmm. haven't lost uh, since they lost Oak Park 14-10 uh, in Week 3.
0: Okay, another another sidebar. How are um home fields determined in the playoffs?
1: In the in, in the district playoffs, it's the number one seed. It's like okay. higher seed every time. So higher seed gets it. Okay. So higher like seed. yeah, so Park Hill was the sixth seed. They technically got a home game against Park Hill South last week because they were the six and the seven that upset the two and the three. So yeah, it's all the way through this week, it's the higher seed gets it. And then next week is when they get out of districts and they and they go in classes one through five. And in class six, they go out and play another district. It's where you are on the bracket and the year and how many games you've hosted. So mm. like, to give you an example, CBC and Liberty North, if they both went out, CBC will come to Liberty North because they both hosted the same amount of playoff games. And Liberty North is on the bottom bracket, and it's an even-numbered year. <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> scientific it's, scientific I have scientific to
1: scientific. I have to reteach myself that every single year it's it's one of those things that and you're always counting games and sometimes it's weird because if a team has a bye it's not counted as a home game and and so it's a it's a weird deal but most of the the what since they've redone one through or at least two through five almost every single one seed has a off week so the so those one seeds match up game wise the same so right, right. say and then, and then six and one. Everybody has a you know a first-round game because they have 18 in their district. So it, it matches up better, so it's a little easier to know. But like next week, if um, center wins, they're above Kearney and Smithville. Um, so they would go to – if Smithville wins, Smithville hosted less games, so they would host. And if Carney wins, they would host because they're on the bottom half of the bracket to center. But that would help a center team um, if they were to play like a St. Mary's who's in, in the similar type boat, but they're above them. In the semifinals, so it's like you'd like to. If you have to go on the road, go on go on the road in town, <laughs> right? And, and so you're not heading to St. Louis because that's where a lot of it, or or Springfield or something like that. You don't want to be, you know, like Lisa North is down in, in Nixa playing because they were the two seed. So
0: yeah, for anything but a state championship game, you want to yeah stay here. So how about how about on the Kansas side? Uh, similar.
1: It's all yeah because they, they do one through sixteen, so it's higher seed all the way until the state championship game. So okay, Did, uh, didn't that's didn't the one he, thing that. That it used to be that way. no. It was like you come out of the districts with the two teams, and the and then it it would alternate. And that one was even more weird. I just waited until Keisha put up and told me where they were going to play, <laughs> and then that, I would update my brackets <laughs> that way. It's just one of those. It's like I just now I will say this: Keisha's usually a lot quicker at updating their brackets than Misha, so that that they were good about that. But uh, yeah, no, it, it used to be it used to be crazy, and now it's a higher seed. So all I have to do is look and find that seed and know where know where they're going. There you go.
0: All right, Missouri Class Four got a really good one, don't we? Carney Smithville.
1: Uh yeah, it's gonna be a fantastic game. And and I think, you know, Carney's done everything you could ask of him this year. Logan Minick moved over from Raytown. Uh, he used to be at Carney uh before with Greg Jones before he got the Raytown job, and uh he, he's done a fantastic job. They were a, a kind of a hidden gem, they were a five and five team last year, but brought back a lot of players. And even Minnick said to me this <laughs> season, he's like, I knew we had some town. He goes, They're better than I thought we were gonna be. <laughs> and he's proven it. I mean, they've gone out and and handle everybody, but that was a one point game. First time around, Smithfield's done all they've done since that time is win and and shut teams out defensively. They're really good, uh, they've got a lot of team speed and they really fly to the ball, you know, uh, nine, 10, 11 players with the ball every time. So it's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it holds quite as true as it did say seven or eight years ago, but it's really hard to go to Kearney and win a, a playoff game. Um, especially when Gray Jones was there, it was they built that in. I think they're trying to get back to that. And that's a that's an atmosphere in Kearney that's one of the best in the metro.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember when Kearney was just steamrolling everyone. Oh yeah, yep. All right, nobody does it better than Dion Clisso. Dion, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Thanks a lot. It's always fun. Go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Hello. We have to ask you a funny question before we get into football. Coach Reed is ranked fourth of the best-looking coaches in the NFL. What do you think about it?
2: I think he should be higher, man. That's a, that's a good looking gentleman out there. So uh, he's got some swag to him, too. So he's got the personality to match. You get so many pass attempts last week. I know you're used to it, right? You've done that a lot in college. But do you do anything with your arm? Take a little time off? You have the pitch count during practice? What sort of things are you doing with your arm these you, days? I, I don't. Um, ever since I've been young, I haven't really got sore, even when I pitched uh, when I was younger. So. Uh, Usually, just the normal stuff. I mean, we do different stuff that I do with my trainers and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I just try to keep that arm strength up and keep rolling. That when you do. face a former coach like a Doug Peterson
0: who knows you very well, how do you prepare knowing that they know a lot of things that help you get to where you are?
2: Yeah, I, I have to ask because I, I actually wasn't here with Doug. So he got here right at, he left right before I got here. And so I knew a lot of people that knew him. Um, and talked very highly of him, how great of a coach he was. And so I have to kind of go back and ask sometimes, like, hey, on this check, does, does he know like what this check means and stuff like that so that we can change the code words, we can change stuff up so that he doesn't have any intel on the stuff we're trying to get done. Patrick,
1: when you do throw that many times in a game, late in the game, is, do you feel like what you're seeing
2: from the defense that they pretty much expect to pass this time? Um, not necessarily. I think we still do a good job of trying to mix it up. And obviously that game got a little out of hand as far as throwing the ball a little bit more than we wanted to as compared to running it. But uh, it kind of it called for that. And uh, to be able to do both, I think you've seen in games, we've been able to run the ball a lot um, in some games. And then obviously there's games where we had to throw the ball. It's uh, something that you have to do as, a, as an offense in order to succeed in this league is being able to do both. And uh, that's something that I think we can do in this team. Yeah, just the way that, um, I mean, their, their teams build, their D-line's a very good defensive line, especially against the run. They do a good job of being in the right gaps. Linebackers fly up and make plays. And so uh, that day, they had a good game plan for our run game. So we had to kind of use those shorter passes to kind of get those yards. Um, and so uh, that's just being able to be diverse as an offense. And uh, I think the only thing next is we got to score some of those drives that we were kind of getting those yards. And that's something that we missed out on this last week. Patrick, had a pretty big workload for you
0: the other night. Um, I'm, ex- I'm imagining that's pretty exhausting, not only physically but mentally. How do you feel you handled that, and, and do you feel like you could have handled that kind of load early in your career, maybe
2: your first year as a starter? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it. I mean, you don't know because you you'd never have done it before, but uh, at the same time, I feel like I could have – I went out there and competed. Um, I think I did a good job of, of doing what what it, what it took to just kind of stay patient, even though stuff wasn't going our way, which is something I don't know if I could have done when I was younger in my career. I might have forced the issue a little bit more. Um, but uh, Coach Reed trusted me and trusted our offense to figure it out, and uh, he kept calling plays and getting us into the right the right plays at the right time so that we were able to make it happen there at the end. You
1: guys were able to win the game, you were able to convert, but as you looked at your film, were you happy with all the decisions that you made to scramble, or, or did you did you sense, okay, maybe I could have done this a differently?
2: Um, I mean, there was definitely some decisions that I I missed some throws um, that were out there. I think there was one time um, where it it was uh, going towards the other end zone. We didn't score in. that. I thought I had McColl, and I kind of predetermined, basically, the cover two shell that he wasn't going to be open. And then there's the one down the middle of the field that I missed McColl, which I thought he was kind of getting in and outed, and they somehow dropped him, and... I, it's like another one you just predetermine, you think they're going to be in the right position and then they don't end up being there. And so I'm um, just trying to stay. When there's that many plays, you're going to miss throws. Um, but uh, whenever they're touchdown throws, you want to make sure you hit them. So I'm trying to go back and make sure I hit them whenever they're, whenever they're there. Hey Patrick, the last couple of games Isaiah was promoted to start. Um, where, are you, where are you seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's going to continue to go out there and put his best effort, uh, put his best step forward. And uh, he's someone that plays hard. He runs the ball hard. Um, But in this offense, I mean, you've seen him in the receiving room, you've seen in the running back room, tight end room, other than Travis. uh, It's going to be a different guy every week. And uh, I think just having uh, Isaiah out there, I mean, he's going to be that physical runner, can really gain those extra yards, fall forward. Um, But then when you throw in guys like Clyde and Jed, all these guys, uh, they're ready to go. Um, It keeps those guys fresh, and it keeps them ready to go whenever their number's called during the game. Guy, but can you see him progressing? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, he's so physically gifted, uh, he's so fast that sometimes you're like, Man, just you gotta just take that extra step, then hit it. Um, But uh, you don't want to take that aggressiveness away from him because it's hard for defenses to account for is how physical he runs. Um, But I think as he sees more and more in this league, um, he's gonna hit the sky's the limit because he has all the physical tools to go out there and be great. Patrick, that fourth and one in
0: overtime, um, you guys got time out, you went and talked to Andy and Eric. Was that to talk about? Should you go for it, or was that a talk about play call you like? That's one of that conversation. Yeah,
2: it was a, uh, it was more play call. Um, I think we figured we were going to go for. We not only thought we were going to get it, but we trusted how our defense was playing. If we didn't get it, they could get us the ball back, and we could maybe get back in field goal range again. Um, But uh, we wanted to get to the perfect play call. And they actually did a pretty good job of covering the front side read uh, of that play. But once that that, uh, linebacker, that whole player kind of pushed over towards Travis, I knew Juju was one on one on that back side. So just trusting in your guys to make plays. And Juju ran a good route, caught the ball and got the first down. They
0: were asking you questions. Did you suggest that one or is that one on your
2: mind? Yeah, yeah, that was one that we had talked about. So we had kind of talked about before going into the the last drive, we got put in a situation where we needed one play, what what were we thinking? And we had like a list of three. And we were gonna see how the defense was playing and how the defense was playing. That was the, one of the plays that we had talked about and I said that's the one I wanted to go with and coaches they trusted me and the guys to go out there and make a play happen in a big moment in the game.
0: Patrick, the, a lot of fans, people outside the building will probably look and see the Jags coming in and think this isn't a very good
2: team, this should be an easy win. What's the danger factor with this team and how, you know, it's the NFL, you can't overlook people, yeah. but this is this one of those games you can sneak up on you a little bit if you don't watch yourself? No, I mean, it's not gonna sneak up on you. I mean, if you look at the tape, I mean, the players that they have out there are are really legit players. I mean, they're young, but they're fast, they're physical, they're big. They fly around to the ball, they play with confidence. Um, And so we have a ton of respect for this team coming in. And if you see them, even the games they've lost, they've been in them. Um, And they've made a mistake here and there that's cost them a game. But uh, if you watch the tape, it doesn't show what their record looks like. And I think guys understand that, that it's gonna be a, a heck of a football game, and we're gonna have to play our best football in order to win. Coming
1: from a quarterback perspective, Trevor
2: Lawrence, I mean, what what are you seeing are the biggest threats that come from him? Yeah, he's super talented. I mean, just kind of like a lot of guys on their team. Uh, I mean, he's, he's young. Uh, So he's made mistakes, but I think you see the talent week in and week out. He makes a lot of big-time throws. He can run the ball better than people think. Um, And uh, he's someone that's won on every level he's been at. So uh, you can see, I mean, they've kind of turned this around pretty quickly here. I mean, they haven't won the games, but you can tell the team has gotten a lot better over this last year. Um, And so uh, we understand that it's going to be a great challenge for us, both sides of the ball, and that we're going to play a great game in order to win.
0: What are the challenges that go with uh, Josh Allen specifically and and what he
1: brings to
2: the table? Yeah, I mean, he's just – he's so – He's a, he's so gifted as a pass rusher, but also he's he's athletic enough to drop into coverage, and you don't see a lot of guys like that. Um, but uh, he, he's he's obviously super. He's a big physical guy, but he's fast. He does a good job with his hands and getting off blocks. Um, and so they kind of have guys like that on both sides of the ball with that with Walker there now as well. So it'll be a great challenge for our guys to have on that whole entire defensive line. Um, and it seems like week in and week out, we're playing a great defensive line. So our offensive line is battling. Uh, I thought they did a great job just last week. And uh, I think we can hopefully carry that momentum into this this next week.
0: That'll do it for today and this week on Sports BKC. Thanks to our production crew of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Dion Clisso from Preps KC for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition, the nation's top digital sports section, was 50 pages today. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.